0: Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. Today we're going to talk about true honesty. This is an area that I think has caused so much confusion for women in the modern church because we are always being encouraged to be honest and open with our struggles and our sins and share all of our stuff with everybody all the time and it's looked at as a very spiritual thing. But at the same time, I believe it can be very, very dangerous to follow some of those trends and that a lot of those trends are actually not based on biblical truth. I want to take a deeper look at what honesty really is from God's perspective and how we can avoid the counterfeit honesty that is swirling all around us today. I want to start with a scripture from 1 John 1 7 that says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. What does it mean to walk in the light as he is in the light? Now, the modern trend of honesty basically means the idea is that in order to walk in the light, you have to share Every thought or emotion that comes into your mind, every struggle that you're having, every sin issue in your life has to be on display for the world. And this is really happening a lot on social media with Christian women. I wrote an article on social media for the of Park Girl magazine, and I told the story of a woman who was very offended by someone in her church who she felt was being kind of holier than thou. This other person didn't want, you know, their kids to play together, and because they thought, oh, our families just have different standards. And this woman who was the recipient of this behavior which she considered to be holier than thou behavior was so offended and so angry the first thing that she did as soon as she had had this discussion with this other person was to go straight to her facebook page and just begin venting her emotions and the way that her post started was i just need to be honest and Under the banner of honesty, she blasted this other woman, she vented all her frustrations, she raked this person over the coals, and she basically dumped out a whole lot of emotional garbage in a public forum. And pretty soon, within a few hours, she was getting positive comments for this. Thank you so much for your honesty, I just am so happy that you're being real. You know, We need more Christians like you who are going to just walk in the light and share be honest about their struggles. So we are trained as a modern church to treat any form of openness, even if it has to do with spewing emotional garbage or criticizing another person as something good and spiritual. Walking in the light has been redefined by many modern Christians as simply being honest with other Christians about our anger about our ongoing bondage to sin, our struggle with doubt towards God, and it's crept into the church. Some churches even host what they are calling doubt nights. And the purpose of these are for people to get together and vent about and process through their doubts about God and his word and his faithfulness, which is the opposite of what God tells us to meditate on, the opposite of the way God Teaches us to live, but that is how far this honesty trend has taken us, where suddenly doubt is celebrated and spiritual in a lot of churches. Confession of sin in the body of Christ today has often become this idea that says, I'm a mess, you're a mess, but let's all just embrace our brokenness together and thank God that He loves messes like us. So it's, we're going to remain in our sin, we're going to talk about our sin and our struggles and just accept the hug and the love of God in the midst of all of it. But if you really study this in scripture, that is not what it means to walk in the light as he is in the light. Honesty about our spiritual struggles is an important first step in the process of bringing secret sins into the light. But it's not meant to be the only step. And it's very important, the context in which you're being honest about your spiritual struggles. We'll talk more about that in a minute. God's word says that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's in 1 John 1, 9. Confession of sin is the process of bringing all of our hidden vices, our addictions, and our selfishness into the light and laying them at the feet of Jesus and allowing him to wash us clean and to give us the grace to repent and walk the other direction. You think about the woman who was caught in adultery that they brought to Jesus and they were looking to stone her. What did Jesus say to her after he rescued her from her persecutors? He didn't say, "Go and just be honest about your struggles." Rather, he said, "Go and sin no more." And that's in John 8:11. Now, many believers today have resigned themselves to this attitude that says, I'll always struggle with sin. I shouldn't expect victory this side of heaven. Maybe we read Paul's statement in Romans 7 that says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And we reason, well, if Paul couldn't even overcome sin, who am I to think I'm any different? But the answer to Paul's question is presented very clearly in the next sentence. Who will deliver me from this body of death I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's in Romans 7, 24 and 25. So because of the work of the cross and the enabling grace of Christ that dwells within us, we have the power to reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ, our Lord, as it says in Romans 6, 11. When our old man or our flesh has been crucified with Christ, we are free to no longer serve sin but to walk in the light as he is in the light. So that's a little snapshot of what it looks like to walk in the light as he is in the light. It doesn't mean just spewing every negative emotion out there for the world to see. It means bringing our sin to the feet of Jesus, being honest with God about our sin and coming to the cross and understanding that power that was purchased for us on the cross to overcome sin, to reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a lot more that I could say about that, but that at least gives you an overview so you can see how different that is from this honesty trend that is so common today. Now, I want to go on a little tangent and just talk about the honesty trend, specifically as it relates to social media. Because one of the biggest trends, like I've said, is this social media concept that it, the more real and authentic and honest we are with what we post and share online, the more spiritual we are, the more real we are and healthy we are. The prevalent notion is that it is good to share all of our struggles in a public forum and it's even implied in a lot of cases that it's hypocritical not to do that. So if you have a blog or a, or a website or a Facebook page and you're not spewing your negative emotions and your struggles, then people might actually look at you with a sketchy eye and say you're hiding something, you're being hypocritical because you're not honestly sharing your struggles. Now, that's a really tricky issue because obviously someone can be hypocritical by never admitting that they ever struggle with anything and acting like they've arrived spiritually. And in that case, they really aren't being honest with with where they're truly at. However, we've taken this to a very unhealthy level where we're sharing things that are really not appropriate to share under this banner of spirituality. So as a result, countless Christian women are using their Facebook page as a public dumping ground for their emotional battles they're venting their frustrations about their husbands their family members their church friends their coworkers and when people read the posts they encourage it by saying thank you for your honesty your authenticity is refreshing But we need to stop and realize a few things here. While authenticity and honesty is important among Christians, there is actually nothing God-honoring about publicly venting our frustrations to the world. I've talked about this in other podcasts, but I think it's so important to revisit this because so many women are falling into this trap. The Bible actually says, A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. That's in Proverbs 29, 11. So very clearly, according to God's standards, there is a right way and a wrong way to be authentic and real with our Christian brothers and sisters. So if you are privately sharing your struggles with a trusted godly mentor, or maybe a spiritual authority in your life, or your prayer partner, or your spouse, if you're married, your parents, if you're living at home with... godly parents, those things can be very healthy and good. That kind of honesty is often something that God will nudge us towards. But when you publicly vent them without any guardedness, without any discretion, that is not healthy or God-honoring. There's are so many reasons for this. For one, we're not showing any type of discretion, and the Bible has a lot to say about women being discreet, meaning being guarded and thinking things through before you just spew out whatever's in your heart. It also glorifies emotion versus truth, and I think that's another big stumbling block for so many women today is that we are exalting our emotions above what the truth of the Word of God says, and if, if we feel it, it must be right and it has to be be expressed. And another danger for living that way and, and acting that way on social media is that you can so quickly and easily pull other people into your offenses, and they begin to take up offenses on your behalf. And so pretty soon you've got discord and division in the body of Christ because you're, you're sharing things that shouldn't be shared publicly. And you're not letting God give you a healthy perspective before you're spewing it out for all the world to see. I mean, back in the day, people used to actually have to write letters. They used to have to take out a piece of stationery and give some thought to what they were writing and really take some time to think through their words. And if it didn't come out right, they would probably crumble up that page and get a fresh page and really put some effort into expressing the right thing through that letter And then they still had to get an envelope and address it and get a stamp on it and put it in the mailbox. And that's a lot of time to let the heat of your emotions cool down and make sure what you're communicating is actually not going to cause more damage. And now we have this luxury, quote unquote, of immediately when we think or feel something, it can be public. Whether we text it or post it, we can make it public within seconds of feeling it. And that can be extremely dangerous because we're not stopping to get God's perspective. We're not stopping to hold our emotions in check against the truth of God's word. And we have this honesty banner that we put over it as a spiritual label. So do you see the danger here? Now, even if we're not spewing out our negative emotions online, a lot of us have developed the habit of just sharing way too much information online. I've known girls who share everything they want in their future husband. All their dreams for their future is out there on their blog or their Pinterest or their Instagram or their Facebook uh, page. And it is uh, really like turning your diary inside out. So again, that's a way of being honest, quote unquote, but it's not considering the importance of discretion and feminine mystery and guardedness so in our hold nothing back digital world we have lost the art of guarding the sacred and showcasing godly discretion think about this proverbs 11:22 paints a very jarring picture of a woman who shares everything with everyone. As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. So you can be a lovely woman, but if you are using this honesty banner to have zero discretion with what you say and what you post, your beauty is going to be diminished. You're not shining with the beauty of heaven anymore. And the Bible says that's like a ring of gold in a swine's snout. In other podcasts, we've talked about feminine mystery, and I've shared the story or the example of Mary, the mother of Christ, how she could have rushed all over the countryside sharing all these juicy tidbits of information with people. But it says in Luke 2:19 that she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She chose to guard the sacred things in her life instead of openly broadcast them. Now, people could have accused her and said, well, she's not being honest. She's being hypocritical because she's got all these amazing things happening in her life and she's not sharing them with anyone. But the Bible praises her for that discretion that she kept these things and pondered them in her heart. And that is something that should really make us stop and think. So when it comes to social media and honesty on social media, I would say that the bottom line is that if you are looking for a place to pour out your heart, to vent your emotions, to process your feelings, social media and blogging and things that have a public forum should not be your outlet. It says in Psalm 62, 8, that we are supposed to pour out our heart before God, that he wants to be our refuge. And if we need additional support, it's not wrong to find trusted godly people, mentors, and spiritual authorities that we can meet with privately to process through our struggles. We don't have to just ignore our emotions and pretend they don't exist, but we also need to hold them in check against the word of God. We shouldn't speak them in the heat of them. We need to take them first to God and say, Lord, what do you say about this? What do you say about these feelings that I have right now? Going to the word of God and letting him balance those emotions with his truth. And then if we need to continue to process them to meet with someone privately that is truly interested in seeing God's best in our life, rather than rushing to social media under the banner of honesty and authenticity. Remember, it's not just authenticity and honesty that God praises, but also discretion. We can't separate those two. And if you want to know more about that, I do have a podcast called Discretion, or it's on discretion, so you, you can dig a little deeper into that. But remember to be guarded about spewing too much out on social media under the banner of, quote, honesty. Now let's take a quick look at what it means to walk in true honesty. How do we walk in the light as he is in the light and be honest God's way? There are a couple examples in scripture that I think are so powerful. And the first is when Jesus talks about two different men who go to the temple to pray. And the first one is this very haughty, Pharisee who believes that he just has his life all together and when he goes to pray he puts on a big show and he brags and boasts about all of the righteous things that he's doing with his life and he knows that God is pleased with him and really he's just wanting the favor and the approval of anyone who might overhear him. He's not even really connecting with God at all. He's just basking in his own Um, self-importance and he's not being honest because in reality every single person has succumbed to sin and is in desperate need of a savior so again like when the woman caught in adultery everyone wanted to stone her and jesus says let the person who has never sinned cast the first stone at her, they went away from the oldest to the youngest. Their conscience condemned them because when they were truly honest, they realized I have sinned in my own life too. I've struggled with things as well. Nobody in this circle has been without sin. And the Pharisee that was in the temple was not being honest. He was just deceiving himself into thinking that his own works and his own righteousness were impressive to God and would save him. So that's true dishonesty but then there was a man who was a tax collector and was a sinner and he came and he wouldn't even so much as lift up his eyes to heaven but in a broken humble way cried out to God privately and said have mercy upon me a sinner and Jesus said this is the man who went to his house justified rather than the other so here was a man who was being honest with God he wasn't trying to have a pretense or a show or look to his own resources or devices, he came in all of his honesty about how many times he had made mistakes, how much sin had controlled his life. He brought that to God and he knew God was his only hope. And he said, Lord, have mercy upon me. So that man was the one who was truly honest. Now, notice he did this in a private conference with God. He did not announce it to the entire temple and say, hey, everyone, I just want to show you how humble and broken and honest I'm being and let me spew out all of my sins before you. This was a private conference where he cried out to God in true honesty without putting on a show for other people. And I do think that a lot of what's happening in the church today, whether we're sharing in groups, at our churches, in the doubt nights, on social media, as we're actually using our sin and our emotional baggage under the banner of honesty to put on a show for other people, almost like trying to impress other people with how open and honest we can truly be. So I think we need to look at this parable and look at the way that tax collector handled his sin and follow that example. Be honest before God, but not use it as a display for sin and emotional baggage. The other story that's really powerful when it comes to true honesty is the woman who came to Jesus and washed his feet with her hair. Everyone in that house and probably in that whole community knew that she was a sinner because the, the Pharisee that was sitting there said, if Jesus knew who this woman was, he wouldn't even let her touch him for she is a sinner. And yet she was so... Broken over her sin, and so confident that Jesus was the only one who could save and redeem her, that she came and wept at his feet and washed his feet with her tears and wiped it with her hair in this very, very humble display of honesty. I have nothing, I am nothing. I am broken, I am lost without you, and I need you, Lord, and I want to give my whole life to you. That was basically what she was saying with that act, and Jesus praised her for that, saying she has been forgiven much, therefore she loved much. So again, what a beautiful picture of honesty. And yes, that was done in rather more of a public way, but she actually had to humble herself, and she was truly coming to Jesus with her sin. There just happened to be people around watching that as opposed to going to the people and talking to them all about her sin and her struggles. So, again, it's not wrong to share your struggles with other people. But if you're not first taking them to Jesus and doing business privately in your heart with him, then it's really premature to start taking them to other people. Corey Ten Boom tells a story in her book tramp for the Lord which I I just love because she is she is the type of writer if you ever want a really great look at someone who is honest and yet honest in a very godly way I would recommend Corey Ten Boom's books especially tramp for the Lord because she talks about very openly about her mistakes and how God corrected her and how God refined her in all of her years as a traveling evangelist but she tells this one story about being in a, a South American American country and being invited to this youth conference. It's actually a really hilarious story. But she's in this hot room with bugs flying around. It's late at night. She's exhausted. The service goes on and on and on. And this man gets up on the stage and just pounds on his drum during the worship. And it gives her a terrible headache. And she's just complaining the whole time inwardly, has a terrible attitude, doesn't even want to share her message with these kids, this youth group. She wants to just get home to her bed. And then the next day, she's in this beautiful church and they give her this glowing introduction just saying she's one of the most selfless people in the entire world and she she's sitting there feeling so terrible because she knows that her attitude the night before was anything but selfless and she felt God prompt her to say you know tell them be honest with them and so she thought oh they're going to completely reject me if if I tell them you know that I'm str- that I've struggled with these things even as recently as last night but she felt so prompted by the holy spirit to get up there and tell confess her sin and tell honestly that she did not have the right attitude the night before. And as she did, it was like the body of Christ was edified. She didn't say, hey, I'm a mess. My whole life is a mess. Sin rules my life. She simply said, I had the wrong attitude last night. And this introduction that you've said about me is actually not true. I do struggle with selfishness. And here's an example of it. And God is constantly convicting me and purifying me of these things. And it was very edifying to the body because she shared honestly, she asked their forgiveness, she asked God's forgiveness, and they were edified realizing that we are to confess our sins one to another and let God purify us. And I think what's happening in the church today is we're not necessarily confessing our sins, we're wallowing in our sins, we're celebrating our sins, and we're not letting God do that refining process. It's sort of like the, the very act of saying what we're struggling with is the full story. But according to the gospel, that's not the full story. We are to confess our sin and then let God cleanse us and wash us clean and put our feet back on the right path. Paul said to those who were reading his letters, follow me as I follow Christ. So clearly he wasn't saying, you know, I'm still a mess and I haven't gotten really anywhere in my spiritual life, but I just want to tell you about some of my struggles. No, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Clearly he had made progress in his spiritual life and he wanted his listeners to make that same progress. And yet all throughout his letters, you can see him being honest about different things that he had done wrong, his sins, how God had convicted him, how God had cleansed him of things. So Paul is also a great example of someone who's not wallowing in sin, celebrating sin, glorifying sin, but is also being honest in a godly way about his sin and letting God purify him and then be an example to other people. So here are some final thoughts I want to share about true honesty. If you have sin in your life, confessing it is crucial. First, you should confess it to God and to the body of Christ if he prompts you to do that, and if it's affected those around you, it needs to be confessed. And if he's put people in your life for spiritual accountability and exhortation, that is a great opportunity for you to confess your sins one to another. But I would caution you to be appropriate what kinds of sin you confess and how you confess it. It shouldn't be done on social media. If it's you know an indiscreet type of issue, it shouldn't be done in mixed company. It needs to be done in a way that glorifies God and not the sin. It needs to be the right kind of honesty and not the counterfeit emotional spewing kind of honesty that we've gotten used to in the church. And remember that if you simply confess your sin and leave it at that, you're not allowing God to do his amazing work of grace in your soul. So confess sin with an attitude that says, I am choosing to repent of this sin and believe that God's power is sufficient to set me free from its bondage. When you confess your sin, be willing to also repent of that sin and believe that God can give you victory in that area of your life rather than just bring the sin to the surface and wallow in it. So yes, let's be honest about our sin and our struggles, but in the process, let's also not forget to be honest about the reality and the power of God's ability to transform us into new creatures in Christ. And if you'd like to learn more about what it really means to walk in the light as he is in the light, I want to encourage you to go to our new website, BraveHeartedChristian.com and check out the new Bravehearted Personal Discipleship Program that we're launching in just a couple of weeks. We have semesters in this fall. We have semesters in the winter, the spring, and this is an opportunity for you to come and be personally discipled by Eric and I and our team here in Colorado, as well as have ongoing mentoring and training online for about a hundred days. So it's really a hundred days that can change your life and really ground you in the word of God so that you're not vulnerable to these dangerous trends in modern Christianity. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. For more about this, please visit braveheartedchristian.com and setapartgirl.com. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.